folks, let's take it back a notch. Let's take it back. <laughs> take it back to an oldie but a goodie. Oh, baby. <laughs> the piss is flowing, but I ain't got no fear. My farts are going, diarrhea's not near. I'm sitting down to piss like I'm a good lad. But now I got a shit, it's gonna be bad. I'm going surfing on a wave of my shit. I'm on a check to get out all of my piss. I can't decide which one brings me more bliss. I'm going pissing, I'm going shitting. You take your balls to work, I take my ass. And when you're out of piss, I've still got gas. We got the whole song. <laughs> I asked my friends if Asher Dick is the fave. They do not hear me and give me a small wave. We're not closer to deciding the truth. Do we like lemonade or maybe Baby Ruth? You take your balls to work. I take my ass. And when you're out of piss, I've still got gas. You take your balls to work. I take my ass, and when you're out of piss, I've still got gas. All along the toilet bowl, my bathroom session ends. I never thought it'd fill up like this. I need to show my friends. All along the toilet bowl, my bathroom session ends. I never thought it'd fill up like this. I need to show my friends! <laughs> wow, we. We got more. <sighs> Genuinely out of breath on that last one. Yeah, you're really, uh, you're really giving it your all. <sighs> you take your balls to work, <laughs> I take my ass. <laughs> and when you're out of piss, I've still got gas all along the toilet bowl. My bathroom session ends. I never thought it'd fill up like this. I need to show my friends. You take your balls to work. I take my ass. And when you're out of piss, I've still got gas. You take your balls, I take my ass. You take your balls, I take my ass. Let's go! That uh, I need some, some water after that one. I think that is your finest work officially. <laughs> I uh, I don't know how you will ever top that in any creative medium you do. I think we you've peaked. I think you've peaked here on February sixth at four eleven p.m. Pacific Standard Time. There were moments during I could not breathe. There were moments yeah, you, during that. Yeah, you really gave it your all. I mean, how does it feel? You're you're at the top of your craft. It's all downhill from here. Uh, this is the saddest single moment of my entire <laughs> life. No, <laughs> I have to say. 
to be here with you guys, to be here with you schmucks, going, you take your balls to work, I, I take, take my, my ass. ass. <laughs> I think it was a big hit. <laughs> I have had that in the chamber yeah. for almost one month. Yeah, <laughs> wow. ready, ready and raring. I was You were really spending some time on the woodshed in that one. Yeah, I literally now that it's now that it has happened, I like feel like there's a piece of me missing. A so fucking bad. So <laughs> Put it up on the fridge for a week. <laughs> Put it up on the fridge. That's your uh, your Twitter bio, your Tinder bio. <laughs> your balls. I take my ass. ass. And then I ask ass versus penis, ass. which one is better? <laughs> on first date, ass versus penis. <laughs> so I don't know if you heard my Tinder bio, but I'm doing a survey. Hey. <laughs> ass versus penis, which one is best? She immediately pours hot molten lava cake all over my head. Hot soup. Just <laughs> fucking wonton soup all over my yeah. fucking head. Wowee. Oh. Welcome to It's On The List, yeah. the podcast about underrated albums, movies, a whole lot more. Huh. A whole lot more being me taking my balls to work and Mason taking Absolutely. my ass. Mason taking my ass to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. You sat your white ass down and listened when it was that very. Yeah. <laughs> I, made, I made Mason reconsider some shit in his life on that one. How he's getting to work specifically. <laughs> like, fuck, I gotta take my ass to work, damn. I gotta take my white ass to work. Take my white ass to work. <laughs> I did not know how I was going to do the all along the undertow, and then it just came. It, it just, just came, came to you in a vision. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it had been in the. Been, the, oh, been in the chamber. <sighs> I am the funny talking baby, Noah Marger. With me as always, the man who will be henceforth taking his white ass to work, Mason McGuire. Mason, what's going on, baby? Hey, everybody. Uh, I just want to let you know some bad news. The moon has fallen. God damn it. This is a bit he keeps doing. He's really proud of this bit. It's not a bit. You're one of those guys. Guys, it's the truth. (laughs) Yeah, I believe that now. Now that that I've heard it for the third time, (laughs) I believe it. The charm. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Hey. I I remember four years ago, maybe five years ago, around Super Bowl weekend in college, my friend showed me this video. Of this guy named Cha, and he just kept going. This Absolutely one's for the not, but that sounds. You guys remember that video? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, good. good I good. loved remember, it for about a month. Is that like kind so of the, much. It's Wednesday, my dude. Just... Guy that had his month of funny, and then it was like, all right, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think this guy had his month I mean, of funny. I think this is just uh, a discovery in the. <laughs> Basically, and I just remember I would point at anything. That's... That's and really say that awesome. one's for the charms for about a month. Yeah. People loved it. Uh, all right, so the moon's falling. We did the we're parody song. It's so, it's we're, so just, obligatory. we're just checking off the fucking box. Mercifully, no emails this week. Though, if you want to send us an email, the emails everybody wants to. The number two, get on the list at gmail.com. What's up? Let's get in our guest. Officially. Let's get in our guest, officially. 
I guess talked today before is I the... did, I think. Not that it matters, but <laughs> I keep thinking he, he talked before I did. <laughs> That's kind of good. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> yeah, Mason, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying Noah, introduce our guest. All right, let's do it. Uh, our guest today is the founder and former editor-in-chief of Merry-Go-Round Magazine and can currently be seen six days a week Funny. Uh, at Barney Greengrass Deli in Manhattan's Upper West Side. Please welcome back once again to the show, Thomas Saradarian. Thomas! What's up? So, actually, sorry, my audio completely fucked up and you sound like a demon right now, so we're going to have to edit this in post. Let me try to fix this. Okay. We're going to introduce, yeah. I could hear it um, the second it happened. (laughs) Cannot hear you at all. Say one more, say it, something again. All right, no, I've lost audio. Uh, Let me... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, I don't know. The perfect I'm, bite. I'm very sorry. Right I'm very sorry. Okay. This will be fun for Mason in about five days. It's going to have to be sooner than that. <laughs> I'm very busy. This will be fun for Mason later today. Yes. I don't know what to tell everybody. <laughs> um... um. If you take out the headphones. Uh, all right, we're going to have to master it. I'm really sorry about this, guys. Mason, this is, since this is all going to be edited out of the show, um, I'll get a group chat going. In the midst of the show talk, Thomas S. disappeared. Then Thomas is completely gone. And Thomas is gone. <laughs> uh, cool. Okay. Uh, uh, I... One very long time later. Yo, we've got two of him. Hello. I can hear you on one. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Thomas, can you log out? Yes, so I'm going to leave this one. Leave your laptop and come in with Marissa's okay. laptop. Can you hear me on this one? Yes. Yes. I, I have no idea what's happening. I'm very sorry. Uh, That's okay. Okay, so... Is, is is that laptop plugged in? Mine? Your The one you're currently using? Yes. Perfect. Okay. I will not be able to do Audacity, though, on this one. Yes, you can. I have Audacity. Oh, actually, Marissa has Audacity. That's amazing. Marissa, what? <laughs> that that, that, that is actually amazing. Yes! Wow. Marissa H. fucking... Marissa H., do you know about the what the what the song parody was at all? Of course. Oh, you know I, was, I, was head, I was headbanging along. Oh, you were? Yeah, okay. she loves so much. So good. Okay, good. He's... I didn't know if you could hear it or not. Marissa, this episode's going to be dedicated to you it's for really uh, having yeah. the laptop <laughs> and the and Audacity. <laughs> yeah, and Audacity. All right, uh, let me... What? Oh, sure. Here, I can do this. Can someone say something? Hello. This is a test. Okay. I got it. Uh, it might have actually... Give me one second. Do it again. Hello. Hello, hello. Okay, okay. Yes. All right. You're good? Yes. Okay, I'm going to start recording on Audacity. 
Okay, I'm recording. Okay, Great. cool. All right. Whew. Okay, thank you, Marissa. Literally an angel. All right. Yes. Quite literally Ooh. coming in and saving the shit. Okay, okay. Mason. They did not use the audacity files, but thank yes. you again to Marissa okay. H. Clap sync. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so I think we were at. <laughs> you should honestly a... keep some of that and do like a fun collage. <laughs> I think I think I was introducing. I'm gonna, play... I'm just gonna introduce you. Yeah, again. just introduce me that? again. I'm gonna play uh, Rave- uh, Bolero by Ravel under all of that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> our guest today is the founder and former editor-in-chief of Merry-Go-Round magazine and can currently be seen six days a week at Barney Greengrass Deli in Manhattan's Upper West Side. He's finally got the tech issues figured out, so he's actually here back once again, Thomas Saradarian. Thomas, welcome back to the Stupid Podcast. Thank you. This is the podcast the president doesn't want to happen. Joe, the government is against this being recorded. We've been faced with horrendous technical difficulties, impeding my ability to speak on these uh, albums and this album and film we're about to. But uh, we figured out the sainted Marissa H., who is once again lending her apartment, and not only her apartment and her Wi-Fi, but now her actual computer with perfect audio to make sure this podcast keeps going. So... We do love the sainted Marissa H., guest of the pod. She is truly an angel. And uh, this episode goes out to her, even though she might not want that. By <laughs> She shouldn't well, now, want that. Now I feel is a good enough time as any to announce it. Uh, we have recently been incorporated as It's On the Catholic Church, a subsidiary of oh, It's we On the List Industries. Yeah. yeah, so we can get, we get tax write-offs, and that means we can officially anoint... Marissa H. Marissa, oh, good. With well, sainthood. officially anointed you as a saint. We're now a The first official Catholic saint Church. of it's on the list. Excuse me, it's on the Catholic Church. Yeah. It's kind on the of Catholic appropriate, Church, yes. actually, for A little bit episode. appropriate for what we're about. We're going to talk about eventually. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that good shit, my, 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 my homies, before we get into that good <laughs> shit. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> Hello, fellow podcast friends. Thomas, the last time we had you on the pod in this capacity was... August or September yeah, of 2020. I, I was thinking about it, and you fuckers didn't have me on once at all last year. I don't know what <laughs> <No>. happened. <laughs> you, I wonder what happened to the man who worked 100 plus hours a week, couldn't find time to do it. It's on the list with Noah and Mason. How does that happen? It's a little crazy that someone with as forgiving and flexible a schedule as me wasn't able to, to appear on the pod last year. But yeah, even though it feels like just a, a, a little just yesterday it was actually all the way back in august of 2020 when i recorded the uh, nacho libre and uh, noah's favorite uh out the farrah abraham album <laughs> mm-hmm. still still the worst thing i've ever heard <laughs> maybe I, ever I to think be honest the only thing that's gotten the evil fart rating so that's truly remarkable <laughs> she got into some trouble though she's not doing too hot in real life oh really what happened let's find out Farrah Abraham what's going on with Farrah these days but regardless what have you actually been so up yeah to I mean my life around? has entirely changed since I've last been on the pod <laughs> so I mean it was uh it was the dog days of COVID everyone was still behaving like they were scared of the virus uh I had yet, yet to meet Marissa H in person last time wow, <laughs> yeah, they, wow. that's fucking yeah, crazy that's, that's pretty wild 
Um, what else? I was working at the COVID factory and working for Netflix. So the COVID factory was I worked at a COVID like a lab. We were like ran samples and stuff. And I was still in Hollywood in some capacity working for Netflix. And then in February, I just decided, what if I ruined my whole life? And then I moved, I moved to New York and it kind of sucked for about six to eight months. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then yeah. I just literally lost all of my money. Uh, I had $9,000 in debt still. Um, but in October, I actually got a steady job. So I now work at Barney Greengrass, as Noah mentioned, on the Upper West Side. I am the owner's assistant. So I'm like the little mini owner. And I do a lot of You're things. his minion. I, I'm his little minion. And it's an <laughs> absolutely insane job that sometimes makes me want to rip my skin off. But I do at the end of yeah. the day like the work and it is stimulating for me and even if i had to work 14 hours a day for two weeks straight over the holidays it was worth it in the end to feel like i'm a part of the big apple baby so uh, you know what you know what the big apple is no longer taking a bite out of me now i'm munching on that fruit it's got a fart going for that that's the ripper a of <laughs> fart right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I have no energy left to, to, to actually you're talk so, about the album. You're so drained from, uh, so from drained. the song parody. <laughs> from taking my white ass to, to work. work. <laughs> well, Thomas, it is genuinely awesome to hear that you're doing well yeah i think <laughs> yeah i think you know? honestly the spark notes version is that i'm doing well which is has never really been the spark notes version so it's amazing. it is good to be in new york even if it is the most insane city in the world and it it's very hard to not become the joker every day you have to make the choice but i've still not i've still not gone down the dark path <laughs> You should link up with the Joker of Los Angeles. I hear that. Guy's I hear that guy's ideas. pretty swag. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that is the true quirked up white boy. That is, he is the quirked up white boy, the Joker. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Joker of Los Angeles. Um, before we really dive into it, though, I did actually want to share a story with you guys that happened to me last night that I have legitimately been saving. Okay. For today. Okay. Oh, you mentioned this. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So. My birthday is at the beginning of the year. Yes. It's in January. Mm-hmm. And so for my birthday, uh, I used some of my birthday, or I guess not for my birthday, but I got some birthday money, and I used a portion of that birthday money to ball out a little bit last night, Noah style. Hell uh, yeah. Let's I, go. I got a ticket to go see, this is probably the comedian who's the most popular, who I like legitimately love. You guys are f- you familiar with Tom Segura? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, Tom Segura, he's got like a bunch of Netflix specials, but he was doing a show at the Wiltern Theater, which is oh Koreatown, basically. Right by, right by the old stew. Yeah, oh, I was, nice. I was near wow. the old stomping grounds last, last night, and it's still a fucking shit show. Oh, over good. Yeah, there. the parking wow. I remember there was uniquely awful. <laughs> well, that's a very interesting segue, Thomas, okay. to what I have to, what I have to share because I have never been to the Wiltern before last night and i didn't know and no koreatown notoriously has some of the worst parking yes. in all of la just yeah. absolutely absolutely dog shit like un like it's the worst possibly in the entire city it, one could argue yeah in a city that is notoriously bad, bad for, for park, koreatown is kind of the armpit of that <laughs> energy 
It is. And so I said to myself, I've never been to the Will Turn. I know parking is terrible in Koreatown. They were advertising premier parking. Okay. And I don't know what the fuck premier parking was, but I was afraid because of how bad parking is in L- because of how bad, bad parking. parking is in Los Angeles <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. that I was going to be SOL for the show yeah. if I didn't Really, go for it was that down to the wire. It was. Yeah. And so I splurged and also with an addition to getting myself a ticket, also got the premier parking. Now before I had to go to <laughs> before I had to go to Tom Segura I had to go to a little event at a friend's place in the Culver City area. Okay, big. Okay, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm having fun, fun last fun night. Los I'm, Angeles. Yeah. I'm having an LA man night about town. Week. Noe Marger, man about town. Genuinely a man about town. And so I kept telling everyone, you know, they they had a screening of something they had completed, and I was like, "How long is the screen?" I like, go, oh, "It's going to be just under an hour." And I said, "Okay, perfect." And I kept telling people, you know. Would love to stay and chat, but I genuinely do have to go. I need to leave immediately. <laughs> I need to leave. Mm. I need I need help immediately. <laughs> I need to go see Tom Segura uh, in Koreatown. And so the event was black tie only. The Tom Segura event. The event that I went to before. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Was black tie only, mm. quote unquote. And I'm thinking to myself... Number one, there's no way I'm doing that. Right, absolutely <laughs> just, not. So first just, of all, <laughs> first yeah. of all, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Second of all, like, if it is black tie only, I got to do it Noe Marger style. Right. So I ordered a tuxedo T-shirt on Amazon.com. So I'm thro- I throw on this tuxedo T-shirt and I go to this event, this screening, and. I'm talking to my friends who I haven't seen a lot of them in months right. for a number of reasons. Sure, 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 sure. And I keep checking the time, and I'm like, oh, shit. Tom Segura starts in 30 minutes. Oh, shit. Oh, oh no. shit. I got I to gotta get the fuck out of here. You have to leave. <laughs> and so I had on underneath the shirt that I was going to change into after the fact, and I was driving my fucking little ass off to the wheel turn. Yeah. And because I had the premier parking... I didn't know where the fuck to go because it's not labeled on the map. Oh, okay. And so I'm driving through the actual parking structure yes. to try and find Premier Parking. The woman's like, it's underground. Oh, no. Like, what the fuck are you not what you want to hear at all. <laughs> and so I'm like doing illegal U-turns <laughs> on like Wilshire Boulevard yeah. to try and get myself aligned on the right-hand side of the road to look for a parking structure thing. And it's like 927. Right. And the show is supposed to start, quote unquote, yeah. at 930. And I'm like, I'm going to miss Tom Segura. Tom Segura. Yeah. And I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm freaking out. And so finally, there's a long line of people waiting to get into the theater. <laughs> and, and then I see just this poor soul, like, being like, all right, everyone clear out because these cars were coming out from under the garage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's where I need to go. That's literally right where I need to go. So I... Back up on Oxford oh, that, Avenue. That is Joker behavior to back up. <laughs> I back up on Oxford Avenue to do the right hand turn, and I'm like telling the guy the info. I'm like, is this where I'm supposed to be? I'm like, yes, this is where you're supposed to be. I'm like, okay, thank God I'm in the place I'm supposed to be finally. And he goes, and as I roll up my window, he starts to say something, and I just hear, keep blank. And I couldn't exactly hear what he was saying. He said, keep blank. And I'm already going, and I go up 
on the island in the middle of the thing yes. slightly. Yes. And I'm like, I got a course correct right now. And so then big thud coming down from yes. the island. And I pull into this underground garage and I like give the guy my like par- premier parking ticket or whatever. And he says, okay, come on in. And then they like wand me or whatever. And I get to my seat and I'm like, thank God I'm here. Yeah. The show hasn't officially started yet. I was here in the nick of time. And then I was so happy to be there and like away from all of the disaster. I said to the guy sitting next to me, can you please take a photo of me in front of the stage? And he said, sure. And I'm going to send you guys a photo of me in front of the front of the stage. I don't know if it's going to come out correctly in the messenger there, but Ooh. I kept wearing the tuxedo uh, t-shirt absolutely. and I forgot to take it off. Oh, so I'm standing no! in front of the stage. Oh no. Still wearing the fucking tuxedo t-shirt. Like a giant piece of shit. Oh, like a huge jackass. Yes. Wow. And then, and then I replay all those events back, those Joker and then, things and that then I had to you do just to get left. in there. You're like, it's not worth seeing Tom Segura. <laughs> I literally was like, they think, <laughs> the guys working the parking, that I think this is cool. That that's that funny. I, yeah. Or just like that a little funny. This is awesome. That was some like knowing well, that was some, like knowing bling shit. Like that was your person. uncut <laughs> That's some uncut spum right that's there. Uncut spum. <laughs> it was I was so embarrassed when I realized I was still wearing the shirt. And then I go out to get a pretzel at the snack bar. And the woman goes, all right, next in line. Yes, you, sir, all dressed up, oh, right? Oh, no. oh, and you know. I was like, go fuck yourself. You. So, and <sighs> then I got Taco Bell at the end of the night because I was so hungry. I hadn't Something. eaten basically all evening. And then I shit for like 30 minutes That's when I got awesome. home. You had yeah, a great, great Saturday night in the City of Angels is what it sounds like. <laughs> this is the, the the dumbest people in the world live in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I am yeah, one of that them. Is true. <laughs> All right, that's all I wanted to say. That's, Let's do the show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I I'm so stupid for wearing that tuxedo T-shirt to go see fucking Tom Segura. Did he like it? Thomas, did he what, see you in the crowd? Uh, I wish he did. To be honest with you, I wish he did and was did like, crowd Dude, work? "What are you doing?" It's like the only crowd work he does all night is just making fun of you. <laughs> Why are you wearing a tuxedo T-shirt? I forgot I was wearing. Oh, yeah. it. That's like the worst <laughs> possible <Yeah>. answer. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. Thomas, what album are we talking about today? Oh, we are <laughs> talking about Charmed by DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ. Uh, I think, though, uh, well, yeah, so this, as uh, we haven't revealed the movie yet, but uh, this has been a bit for a while now where I thought <laughs> that I would put you guys through the gauntlet um, yeah. before the podcast has run its course to just really have a, a tough time <laughs> getting through what I've assigned you. But so I chose the longest movie I could that I like. And I also yeah. chose the longest album I could that I like. So this yeah. is a slightly over three hour album from an artist known <laughs> as DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ. And this is um, once again, an album that I would not have discovered if it were not for RacherMusic.com. And much comparable to a, hun- a Thousand Gex, which was, the, in my opinion, the premiere episode of this podcast in general. I think that's okay. one, one for the record books. But <laughs> much like A Thousand Gex, I only ended up listening to it because I was scrolling on Rachel Music and the cover caught my eye. Because this is sure. another one with mm-hmm. a very striking cover. Um, 
it's in like this pastel watercolor and it's sabrina the teenage dj looking up at heaven to a bunch of figures and one of them is turk from but i my original thought was like hey is that turk from scrubs <laughs> on it and i was like all right let's give this a shot and then i actually like pretty much instantly fell in love with it and um i am semi i'm actually fully retired from new music uh, I have not listened to a single wow. album from 2021 in 2021. I've still not heard anything from 2022. And this was the last album that I sort of discovered where I was like, this is an album I need to tell people about to spread the word. And so Damn. That, it was a very nice uh, note to retire on because uh, I think pretty no one I've shown it to has disliked it. And many people who have listened to it love it. So I really enjoy uh, this album. And it's another one that I have to thank RateYourMusic.com for. That's thank beautiful. RateYourMusic.com. And thank you, Noah. <laughs> what, Thomas? I'm so sorry. Guys, oh, come on yes. now. the moon falling <laughs> has really... Now. Guys, I'm sorry. It's because the moon has fallen. Oh, right. And right, no right. one's around, yeah. and no one's no one's listening to me about it. Yeah, and prom's tomorrow. And prom's tomorrow. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> there we go. And prom's tomorrow. Let's do that. I mean, ah. Uh, Oh, we won't do McDonald's flute yet. We're going to wait for the next time, Mason. Okay. <laughs> so the fact that the moon has fallen, good, and we'll good. do McDonald's flute then. Mason, do you have any history with this fucker before uh, we have to talk about no, it? No, just, 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 just uh, Thomas's evangelizing ahead of time of this album and seeing, probably seeing the album cover and also thinking it's very striking. Um, but I don't know. I think if I had attempted to listen to it, I looked at the runtime and thought, and then I looked at the song name of all the songs, and I'm like, maybe I will wait for the right time to listen to this. And that time <laughs> or maybe I will never does. listen to this. Or maybe I will this. not dedicate three hours to listening. No, to no, that. no. Everything everything right when it's supposed to happen, such there as Thomas go. S.'s last appearance on this podcast. That's true, yes. <laughs> so, um, had not heard it uh, before, this this first, for the, for the show here. Neither had I, but again, Album cover striking. We're not, you know, I'm not saying anything you guys haven't said already. And when I was looking at the album cover, the woman who's in the foreground, she looks so much like Julia Fox. I couldn't stop thinking. It about could that. be. I literally have no. No, I think the woman in the foreground is is Sabrina the Teenage Witch using context clues. But I would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think so. But it really does more to me look like Julia, Julia Fox. Fox. She's also been on the brain recently because she's with Kanye. Kanye West. Yes, very fun yeah. for us all. But yeah, <laughs> Mr. West, Mr. Mr. West, Mr. West. <laughs> you dated Julia Fox. That's so impressed. Yes. Okay, you got D's, right, right. motherfucker. Oh, wow. Double D. Oh wow, we got some freestyling here. <laughs> wow, yeah. I'm having fun. I'm just that's the goal of this show for the next seven just episodes. Having just, fun. just have just fun. Just have fun. On a banana boat fun. to Easy Town. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's McDonald's flute, my bad. <laughs> Good. I'm eating shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bruh. 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 I'm just going to go. I'm just going to start us off here. I fucking loved Charm. Oh, oh hell yeah. That's Sabrina. awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. This... I'm going to go second. I'm going to go second. Okay. I fucking loved Charm. There we go. We got Sabrina, a three feet. I'm DJ. glad that I've struck gold again with my recommendation. This album is so good. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's there's 31 tracks on this album, 
and I I'm pretty liberal with the heart on Spotify. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I like something, even if there's just an aspect of it that I like, you give a little. It's heart. getting the heart. Yeah. It's getting okay. the heart. Little. Love. I I gave 29 of the 31 tracks a heart. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I had a great time listening to this, and because this out al- because the album is three hours long. And because the movie, which we will not, which we will not name yet, mm-hmm. because that's how it works on this show, is nearly four hours yes. long, quite literally three mi- three hours and fifty seven minutes yeah. long. Mm-hmm. I had to really plan out when yeah, I was going to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so I'm actually impressed. So you listened to Charmed in its entirety in one sitting. I listened to the first two hours and thirty minutes. In oh, okay. Sitting. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's, that it's was difficult to get three hours exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. but I listened to the first. I, but I and then I took a break for about an hour, or two hours to get some work done, and then I came back and listened to the final thirty mm. minutes. But all in one day, yeah, yeah all yeah. over the course of like a twenty-four hour period. Yeah. And that was on, and we were recording this on Sunday, February sixth. That was on Monday, January thirty-first. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I am still going back yeah. to Charmed after the fact just to listen to a few select cuts. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. to me, that's a really good sign when something has is brought on this show that I, like, quote-unquote, have to listen Return to. to. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. What about you, Mace? I put this album on because it was Wednesday night, and I knew that we were supposed to be listening to this, and I just... I, I looked at what I had in front of me for the evening. It was about 7 o'clock, and I'm like, you know, 7.30, I can listen to D- all of DJ DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ, until 10.30, and then after 10.30, I can do, you know, maybe watch some TV, some TV, come down a little bit, but I need to listen to this album at least. I need to, put, to give it the time. And so I put it on, and I was just uh, having such a good time. It got me yeah. to just move, uh, shake my little butt around. <laughs> Shaking okay. your white ass around. <laughs> yeah. I took, I, my, I took my white I ass to Charmed up. and I danced. Yeah. I, bu- I bundled myself up. I took a little walk around my neighborhood and it was so yeah. snowy. It was so cold. But I was having such a good time just living in this like kind of weird, dreamy, nostalgia kind of music. Stuff that's very up. It kind of just, uh, and then uh, I came home and I like finished it like kind of on my couch, just listening to it, just laying back listening to it, uh, and I fucking um, loved it. And I the album ended, and I just kind of had to go to bed right away because <laughs> yeah, I was exiting a glow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was exiting a glow. Uh, it just kind of I. The capsule of that experience was it just felt like I had gone to a party again, like had all night at a party. Um, and that was like so fucking cool and special. And then like Noah, I found myself returning to it. Like when I was working from home, I had an extra work from home day this week and I listened to this album and little select cuts from it on uh, Friday. And anytime that I put like, even before we were going to start recording and in between finding out that unfortunately the moon has fallen and recording this show, I, um, had, gotcha. I told you I was going to yeah. do it next time. Yeah. I brought that shit I just, in here. Yeah. I just put like a couple, I just looked up DJ, this teenage DJ, as DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ on YouTube. And just like listen to a little mix of songs just to kind of like 
hang out in in that pool for a little bit. Um, I really love this album. I I don't know like what more I can really say and, and how I can put it more succinctly than that. So thank you, Thomas. Of course, yeah, and uh, yeah. So it's su- it's super interesting and, and also kind of hard work. So DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ, still operates in a fairly. Uh, obscurity there was there's a few interviews and actually rate your music themselves interviewed her because uh this Mm -hmm. shot up the rim charts for 2020 and i think is in like their top five albums for that year or something and everyone's like did you say the rim charts the rim charts sorry and (laughs) and every and everyone was like but so she's very prolific she releases like three or four albums of this length a year and it has been doing it for a while what the fuck yeah and and this one is just (laughs) this is just the one that that struck a chord uh, you know, and it, I'm glad it did, but, uh, and she seems super, you know, kind of like taken aback by how popular it got in this internet community as well. And she's really sweet. She responds to like every tweet and every YouTube comment about Aww. it. Uh, she will unfortunately probably listen to this. So I apologize in <laughs> advance to DJ Sabrina for, um, oh, no. he- her hearing, uh, you take your balls to work. I take my ass is a moment that only I could have curated. Um, so. But I do want her to weigh in. Yeah. Ass versus penis, which is better. Okay. We can, we can, maybe the good DJ will share her opinion. On oh, my God. Just, uh, just getting her take on yeah. it. But, but um, I, I, I have a thought, actually, as to why this particular collection took off, so to speak. Um, maybe as opposed to a different collection of her tunes. And it has mostly to do with when it came out mm-hmm. and what type of feeling yeah. it you know, evokes mm-hmm. in you. Because this came out at the end of 2020. Right. This is still, mm-hmm. for most cases, lockdown right. world. And this is, you know, we don't know exactly when we're going to be able to get back at it, so to speak. Yeah. And this album, like Mason said, it makes you feel like you're at a party. And when it was working the best for me, I was truly felt like I was living in a different time. Yeah. And that is yeah. so hard to do, Well, I feel like. So it's, it's, it's super interesting because, and it actually really only clicked for me this listen, is actually how many how much similarities this has to vaporwave in many regards um absolutely and i think vaporwave obviously also aimed for that kind of uh recreation of nostalgia of a, of a time and place you weren't a part of but i think that it, it very quickly just became like too memey and cynical whereas this is just like it just feels like so much more earnest and genuine because it's hitting those notes of like this kind of manufactured nostalgia but in such just like a warm and like earnest way like there's no cynicism there's no like weird maybe meta commentary on like capitalism or artifice or anything it's just like let's just hang out at the pool with people we like and like you know feel things and watch a sunset you know what i mean Yeah, it's it's like it's like you're almost at like the the world's biggest like either pool or dance party where you're just getting these little snippets of like conversation and totally. just like little stories that are coming in, um, and yeah, I I I'm like you know like I was completely just immersed in in this for three hours basically. It felt so weird to kind of come back Agreed. home, you know, or back into Agreed. my body, you know. Yeah, uh, and if you're if you're not. Yeah, and if you're not listening to this with headphones on, you just have to switch that right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, This is a headphones, this is a prereq for owning headphones, actually, is this album. You have to listen to this with headphones on because just the way in which the mind 
shift so seamlessly between those tracks and the way that this thing just feels like one continuous moment with different little... It's like one moment from like 31 different angles, yeah, almost, yeah. is what is really crazy about it. What tracks to you, Thomas, really stick out? Which ones do you go back to the most? Uh, I go back to New Year's Resolution. That was kind of the first one where oh I was like, God. yes, this track. And that's, again, just like so so dense and so many samples that are just like so expertly kept together in the same tone and aesthetic. So, you know, and it's super cool because you can tell that DJ Sabrina is like super online, like just so much disparate influence and everything. Absolutely. And, uh, and so New Year's Resolution makes use of a camera obscura sample. There were like a Scottish band that was part of the big twee boom in the mid aughts. And so that that was one that struck me. Um, other tracks, I was absolutely all all righty then. Um, yes, that's got, my favorite song on the entire album. A huge shout out to the DJ for this one because the song it samples "Shine" by the Skies of America is ex- it had like 800 views on YouTube before this album came out. It's just some oh my random, God. not you can't even call it a one hit wonder because it was never a hit, but it was just some right. random song, and it's so catchy and good. The new good, it's all coming. It came without warning. Yes. yes, I never knew something could be so real. <laughs> he's got the little shirt on. It's so good. And you can't not think of fucking Jim Carrey walking out of the bathroom going, do not go in there. <laughs> Just with the Ace Ventura yeah. connection there. And, um, uh, that, that song is so fucking so good. good. That's my favorite on the yeah, album. Yeah, definitely all righty then. Um, I like Nyakuza Metro Cats. The, that one's yeah. very fun and bouncy. And um, I mean... Just like the whole album's good, but just from like, I think Yakuza Metro Cat's on, it's just like banger after banger after banger. Like the thing doesn't let up. And, but I think the final half hour, it's so interesting that that's kind of the natural breaking point because it has like just such this distinct, in my opinion, just this like coda of its uh, um, charmed life into end of an era, which is yeah. just like th- that in itself. If that was just the album, it would be like, you know, a classic alone because there's just like totally. so much contained mm-hmm. in those two tracks. And so I think. Ultimately, at the end of the day, Charmed Life is probably my favorite. Um, just it manages to have so many. It just like it builds to this like cinematic conclusion, um, and that one. Uh, and then what else? What? Oh, uh, my baby, I become in, unhinged. Yeah. The, that one's another. Into A. In those Into two A, like yeah, together yeah, yeah, yeah. are so good. And then um, I always forget. Wedding night. Oh yeah, just reminds me that we're all alone. And wedding night are two other ones that um. I, uh, that really speak to me, but all of them, I mean, how did you know is awesome. Down with love is awesome. I like where this is going. All of it. It's just, it's, it's just a, a classic. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It really does feel it, it's the perfect thing to bring on this show. Yeah. Like as far as I'm concerned, uh, Mason, what, what, what stands out to you? What tracks are were really hitting for you? Uh, what was really hitting for me forever? Uh, I just, so I just put this on and just like wrote the, names of the songs as they were coming down because i was doing this listen on apple music uh anyways sir next to i I am kind of like noah where i like most if not all of the songs i think the one that i heard i was like this is my favorite was uh how did you know um what's the sample in that one it 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 is even though i've heard this album probably like 15 times at this point it's still hard to put samples to names because it's usually just like yeah earworm that gets stuck in my head that i that i I think that's the one that starts with the sabrina the teenage witch episode where it's like um i forget what the specific sample is is that Um, the wait because i love you because i love you 
yeah. baby. Yeah. Never gonna stop taking us to higher ground. That one, yes, that one is a chef's kiss. Absolutely. There, uh, this album is just like, it's just like we're having the best day ever. We're having the best <laughs> it's what day this album ever. Is. True. It's what it feels like. It's like, oh my god, we're having so much fun today. We're having so much fun. But uh, yeah, it just and um. Oh, there was something. Yeah. You know what I thought today? And I think I'm on the money with this one. Do you remember in Simpsons episodes at the very end where there's that um, just that credits clip where it's the production company where they're sitting in a theater? Gracie. Oh, Gracie Films. And it does that like. That is the feeling of this entire three hours is just that that that. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting, Thomas Mason. I feel like I accidentally cut you off. I'll get to my thought. What other songs really hit for you, Mason? I feel like I cut you off. No, no, no. I just wanted to shout out that one. I like. I want you to know New Year's resolution also. Um, and I was also really struck by uh, End of an Era. That was the last Same. one I listened to before I turn. I came into the chat here. Uh, just that. Um, it's like the perfect mm-hmm. resolution to the yeah. whole album. Yeah, because I, I feel like a lot of times. Album's not necessarily in this ilk, but, like, more compact shit. Uh, at least in my... Things that aren't concept-driven. The song that I feel like should end the album is almost always the second-to-last song. Okay. That is always, to me, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, why didn't they end it with that one? Because that one feels like the most resonant, and then there's one more track. I and act- it's like, oh, that's what they decided to end it on. I don't know why, but that, yeah. I have that feeling. I think... um of the, we, we'll pretend my teenage dream ended didn't happen. But of a thousand Gex and this though, I think that Gek to you was the right move for a thousand Gex, and I Agreed. think End of an Era was the right move for this one. Absolutely. Yeah. And I did find out what happened to Farrah Abraham. I forgot to say. Okay, Teen Mom's Farrah Abraham arrested for allegedly slapping a security guard. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> so you know, that's what happened. She's to keeping it swag, so that sounds pretty yeah. swag to me. Yeah, her and Joker of L.A. got to meet up and exchange ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think about She's going to be the Harley Quinn of L.A. Town. The Harley Quinn of L.A. after you're done with her. But yeah. <laughs> Mr. J, Mr. can we J. go to In-N-Out? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no. No, we can't. That's March That's for some March. reason. Homie. Homie. We can't go to In-N-Out, homie. My boy, come here, we're going in and out. It's season one, Homer, being like, we're actually DJ going Sabrina, I hope you're having a good time listening to this podcast. <laughs> and we do want you to weigh in on the question of the century, yes. ask for subpoenas. Let's, let's really circle back to dry Venom. <laughs> what am I? All right, here's, all, here's the ones. I, we, haven't t- we haven't talked about this song, and this is my second favorite song on the album. I'm wondering if you guys have any specific thoughts on it. It's Strayed Ocean. That song really hits for me. I would. What's the sample? I'm sorry that that's how I, I codify <laughs> this album, but I need like the riff. Uh, I'm I'm gonna do the best I can, but I think it's the one. that's like <laughs> that's the best as I can do. I you can't know, like be more specific than that. No, uh, you know what? It, it's it is interesting though that you because I remember this. My most recent listen, I did make a point to look at the track listing, so I would. I'm failing at my initiative of having some idea of what song is which, but this, it's so hard this, with this one. This is a listen mm. where straight ocean. I remember thinking, Oh, I didn't like this one. Didn't jump out at me. The previous times I listened to the album, but this time I'm like, Oh, straight ocean is also amazing. As is the rest. Yes. Of yeah. Hell yeah. What else did I like? Uh, still cool. Yep. Banger banger. Uh, and then the beginning of the album 
has three bangers, and we haven't really touched on them yet. Next yeah. to me, Charmed and Love Foundation are all bangers, and yes. it's like, this is what this shit yeah. is, baby. Yeah, yeah. Get used to it. I Charmed when it, that's when the album really gets cooking. It's when it's like, you, 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 Folks, if you, you listen, we're certainly not doing this justice. <laughs> but absolutely but yeah. not, no. But um, yeah, it's just um, just a really just a masterful maintenance of aesthetic. It doesn't get boring ever. Like it's it's no. in, it's so mind bending that you just keep in this pocket and are engaged yeah. the entire time for three hours. I I I agree I agree Thomas that was one thing that I wrote down that it was just um it was I think a, a, around too long looking back so maybe a decent half hour however long into the album and it just like I remarked that it has like just such a great tight control of the direction the songs are going and how they're moving into each other and it's that's what's so incredible about this album and I'll be goddamned if I ever figure out how a a, a human being did it because that is something that is something really it's a, cool. It's really impressive. Like, it's yeah. it's staggering to me actually. <laughs> to be to be honest with you, to build a three hour album, which is easily the biggest turnoff for someone who's just looking at this thing yeah. straight up. You know, oh, I don't want to listen to three hours of this BS. You but know? It, by the time you're done, you'll be like, why am I? I only want to listen to <laughs> basically Char- charmed. Well, and DJ Sabrina, wh- what's DJ even DJ more Drake. astounding is that it really seems like it's nothing for her to just crank these out. Like it's, it is actually staggering how many albums she's put out, especially in the past year. And they're all they're None of them are EPs. None of them are short. Like it's like, it's these opuses every time. It's just, but just like what a natural town. Cause it's like, and and this is um this album's also like so heavily indebted to Plunder Phonics, which also Vaporwave kind of had its uh, was kind of a grandfather to Vaporwave. It's just like really sample heavy stuff where you're kind of creating a narrative and an atmosphere through only entirely samples. It's just like the sheer amount of just random ass samples is just like I don't know where the ear to like right. hear that and put it there. It's like the TV samples alone is what probably it minimum 20 to 30 tv shows that just get filtered yeah. in, you know what i mean it's just like such an interest it's just like this is so clearly made by like a student of culture and just like someone who just loves pop culture so earnestly and i think that just you know that's part of its appeal yeah the um the fact that like there is a like narrative to this yeah. you know like embedded in there that is kind of the like fifth sixth 28th listen on you know where you're like what's really going on here how can i track the narrative but you do get those moments where it's like oh yeah there is like a melodrama happening within the Mm -hmm. like fabric of the waveforms here between two people and it is sort of beautiful and i like to imagine that at end of the era hey maybe the world's ending like mason's saying maybe there's some moon fall action you know and it is the last day on earth they get to be together for this little last day on earth. There's a yeah. true romance in, in every sense of the word that like pours out of this album in the literal sense between two people within the actual hearing people be like, I love you. Like I need you type thing, but just the romance in how the artist feels about the things that she's creating or the per- things that this person is creating, you know, and embedding that. In this, you feel the love pour, like you were saying, Thomas, out of these tracks. Oh, yeah. It's really impressive. I love it. 
a it's little great. bit, a little bit. Um, yeah, I just uh, thank you, the good, the good teenage DJ, for this release, and also just like it would be just like what a. I hope that because I believe DJ Sabrina's in the UK, but it's just like if there was ever an opportunity to see her perform live, I'm sure it would just be like a transcended experience if it was like you yeah. know li- live mixing of like something of this nature. Like so, uh, that that is a life goal of mine, and I hope that. Uh, one day I can see a, a set from DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ. They could literally do a 24 hour set. Yes. If they wanted <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, yeah. which would be fucking, it would be nucking futs. It would be nucking futs. <laughs> Mason, any final thoughts before we do some fast facts? No, I think I, my final thought is what you just said was beautiful. And I just wanted to, uh, shout that out again. So that's, I think that kind of covers anything I felt about this album better than I could put it into words. So. I'm good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Let's move on. Here we go. There's not a ton of info about DJ Sabrina, the teenage Jesus. Jesus. The teenage Jesus, Jesus, teenage out Jesus. There. Teenage, because I'm just a teenage Jesus, baby. Um, let's get some of that in here. Let's, let's get, get let's, some let's of that get going. Let's get that in here. Let's sprinkle that on top of this let's, get some weedus on, let's get some yeah. weedus on the pod. Let's get some weenus in there. Um... These fast facts are from a Bandcamp article called the A Beginner's Guide to DJ Sabrina, the Teenage DJ's Nostalgic Dance Music by Amaya Garcia and an interview that DJ Sabrina did with thefandamentals.com by Jade in late 2020. Sick. Uh, so London electronic music producer DJ Sabrina, the Teenage DJ, is an expert at reconstructing the kitschy romanticism in the late 80s, 90s, and early 2000s sounds of pop music, but recreating the aesthetic wasn't something she set out to do, at least not at first. As she tells it, her sound is a byproduct of the music she listens to on a daily basis. Looking for speeches, TV moments, music's, music and beats to sample unwittingly led her to a sound that channels the carefree excesses and deep emotion of her late 90s and early aughts youth, leaving it with a heavy dose of nostalgia. Her brand of lo-fi house is a judgment-free zone where listeners can revel in the intensity of falling in love, experiencing heartbreak, weathering deep crushes, and dancing their worries away in the warm glow of the dance floor. Quote, I've always liked the idea of giving that feeling back to others, to try and distill the sound I'm hearing in my favorite songs into something that would translate to others who might have missed those little moments of beauty, she says. That's why she chose Sabrina Spellman, the titular character of the 90s sitcom Sabrina the Teenage Witch, as both her name and 8-bit avatar. The producer has always been a fan of the show. It's witty, eccentric, and heartwarming moments speak to her. Quote, I think the imagery is a great way to depict the type of abstract aesthetic I'm trying to convey. And this is my favorite quote. This I love this because I think it's just perfect. A sort of warped TV movie that makes you cry in a way that no mainstream movie would ever be able to. Yeah. Mm. That's so good. What, what a surprise that she could put it more eloquently than we could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a fu- well, yeah. What a fucking shocker yeah. on that one. Yeah. Uh, and then these next three call and responses come from the Fundamentals article. They say, there's also this sort of storytelling element to the way you employ vocal samples over the course of your records. How does storytelling play into your work and how do you generally approach drafting and structuring a track? She goes on to say, I'd, ha- I'd like to have made movies in another life, so I usually work with a sort of pseudo-cinematic structure, which is probably why I've never had an issue with song or album lengths. And then she gives Mason's favorite emoji with the beady eyes, open mouth smile, <laughs> 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 which is a face that we all like to make yeah. and Mason is making at me and Thomas right now. 
Sometimes the dialogue guides the music. Sometimes the music asks for some words. It depends on the piece, but I do like music to have a certain organic aliveness to it. Then the fundamentals say, which artists, both past and present, do you look for to inspiration? To say, simultaneously, innovative and grounded in a musical tradition, or do you find that your artistic voice just tends to reframe past elements in new ways? So many inspirations. <laughs> My mix sets only capture a tiny amount of music and genres I listen to, and most of it does tend to be pre-millennial or between 2000 and 2008, which means I naturally favor early struct- earlier structures and vibes. I think Since I Left You is probably the greatest concept album of all time, and Daft Punk's Homework is the best and only punk house album ever made. Between those two albums, I could probably be set on a desert island. Again, Mason's favorite emoji. Prince was a genius, so I've always loved the recording sound of his early albums. There's also Sherry and Studios, Britney and BSB, Bruce Hornsby, Cheryl Lynn, Stock, Aitken Waterman, Greg Alexander, and then Country Rock, and she lists Reba McIntyre, Vince Gill, Shania Twain. Mid-90s and mid-2000s R&B, Destiny's Child, Dream, 3LW. And then last but not least, and I love this, your songs tend to be quite hopeful and upbeat, and your social media channels tend to be wellspring of positivity even while addressing darker feelings. Is this a part of your artistic mission that guides your work? Music, Making music is the happiest part of my life, so there's never any negativity for me to sharing music or making it. Even if there's an emotional moment during the making of, it's still a wonderful feeling. There's depression, despair, loneliness, hopelessness, and sadness everywhere, uh, sadness elsewhere in mine and everybody else's life, but I don't want to people to listen to my music and come to my socials and songs to feel positive. I want them to feel positive and good about their visit. There's room for that in other places, which I thought was actually pretty cool yeah. that she's just like, yep, mm-hmm. we're, we're, vibing. we're vibing. That's what we're doing. We're just right vibes. It's truly a just vibes album, but uh, it is so artistically dense as well. And it's certainly something that you just find a new piece to enjoy each time you listen to it. Uh, like I remember in this one, I for- and again, of course, I forget what song when I'm under the gun, but there's one there's one of the songs where it's kind of like there's a guitar riff that gets mixed in such a way that you don't realize that the beat has dropped out for a bit, but it still has this like rhythmic composite that's pushing forward. And so that was the moment that stood out to me on this listen. <laughs> oh, and I'm oh, soy oh. facing on that one. Yeah. Oh. Um, Thomas, while you get your soy face under control. <laughs> Uh, we like to start with you for the Mercedes Valuable Player. Who, what, which, or when is your Mercedes Valuable Player for Charmed? When? Um, I think it's Charmed Life. I just walk around uh, saying, Charmed Life! <laughs> so I think <laughs> that's the song that I pick as my Mercedes Valuable Player. Swag. Mason? I gotta give it to DJ Sabrina, the Teenage GJ. At the end of the day, I just, uh, she's an incredible... Uh, and very specific artist for this particular time. And I just, it, uh, I love the thing that, I love the thing that she made here and the fact that she keeps putting them, the goddamn things out. Uh, I can't wait to get kind of, uh, it's, uh, that's it. That's all I got to say. It's incredible. I am going to give my Mercedes Bible player to the conceit of like the whole thing, just the conceit of like, we're having fun at a party and this could this is the best day ever. Like just the idea to be like, this is the goal is like incredible to me of like we're gonna do three hours of this. Because in, in my head I'm like, that is not possible. Right. Like that is not that is not That's sustainable. Crazy to me. Yeah. It is crazy to me. It makes me go it makes me go like this. <laughs> oh wow. All right. <laughs> makes, me, makes me go like that. Lloyd or is Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. Is it Lloyd? <laughs> Is that what his name is in that movie? Yeah, it is. Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. 
I think. Uh, it's Lloyd or Harry. Anyway, full recommend. Full recommend. <laughs> Mason, what about you? Full recommend. Thomas, what about you? Absolutely full recommend. And with that out of the way, <laughs> got something a little different, but kind of similar as well in some ways. Something a about. little different. Uh, what do we got? Well, boys, I knew <laughs> that when when I was asked to be my final appearance on it's on the list, um, I knew that I had to go out with a bang. And what's funny is that it's a nice bookend because if you recall all the way back in the dog days of 2019, this movie was actually originally what I had floated and it was quickly shot down <laughs> as no, we don't have the time or capacity yeah. for that at this exact moment. So we chose Death of Stalin instead. Um, but Which worked out great. Which worked out great. <laughs> but um, we had to, to pair with a like a like a fine cheese and wine pairing the only thing that's yeah. better than a three-hour album is a four-hour movie and there's yeah. simply no way to, where to turn other than that than to shion sono's love exposure so we tackled we tackled the big dog we uh watched it for free on youtube in me and mason's case i imagine noah was a dumbass and bought it so <laughs> shout outs to noah for that um but, but i i was sad that I did not I because I'm now that I finally have permanent housing I'm getting stuff actually shipped to me from um, my family home in Tarns and I do have a copy of Love Exposure that I bought in Japan uh, when I studied abroad there that oh, I wow. was hoping to watch for this uh, rewatch but it didn't happen well, I watched a, a free rip on YouTube. <laughs> Well, I went to uh, Bucket of Blood Records in Chicago the day that I was going to – I had put aside to watch this just to do a little kind of record and media hunting. And they had a Blu-ray of Love Exposure for sale for $35. Hell yeah. And that was all the money I had put aside, and I was like, I could do that. Uh, but, folks, uh, that, that was just – that's you have that on DVD or physical media. That's all I wanted to say. Noah. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we, what do we do now? What? 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 Now you want me, me alone. To, um, you want I'm, me to fucking take? You want me to take the reins here, Mace? Well, you, you want me to yes. take the reins? Do you want? Do right. you? I don't. Do you want me to talk about my history with this, or we'll, we'll get to that? No, no, no. I do want you to talk about your history with that. That's actually literally what okay. I was going to say. I was going to say, Thomas, what is your history yeah. with love exposure? So, so it's it's actually a gr- so it's so funny because pretty much anyone I met in the past like five to seven years has little to no idea that J- Japanese stuff used to be a big part of my brand. So I was a Japanese minor in college. I did study abroad in Japan, and I had took Japanese in high school. So I did spend about, you know, um, yeah, about <laughs> eight years. I was, you know, eight years with yeah. studying Japanese language and culture. By the end of my time in Japan, I was effectively at the level of like a fifth grader is what I think it was. So, you know, that's pretty hmm. good. In terms of getting around and like, yeah, like, that is good. And as soon as I left Japan, just forgot all of it. So that's very exciting for me. But what is also kind of unique about that was that I never was into anime. Uh, to this day, it is still oh, very, wow. and that's how I feel like how that's I feel like how most people kind of become weebs or like get into Japanese culture that are Westerners. But anime kind of never had the sauce for me. I like certain. My former roommate was a big anime nerd, so he showed me like some a bunch of stuff, and there are a few that I, I enjoy, and especially like feature-length anime films, there's a few I enjoy, but my, I never really, that's not how I got into it. I got into it through um, live-action Japanese cinema, because I was also a big uh, film guy at the time, so 
And specifically, <laughs> yeah. specifically, I got into it through like more of the horror and exploitation uh, mm-hmm. genres and directors. Um, so Takashi Miike obviously was a huge entry point. Ichi the Killer auditioned that stuff, and then in that sphere, Shion Sono's name comes up pretty quickly because of um, his early film Suicide Club. Um, right. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of known as a horror director, but eventually, once I started watching Shion Sono stuff, I was like, what the hell is this four-hour film about? And reading the, the plot synopsis, you're like, all right, what? Okay, I got to see where this is going. And um, so in high school, I watched it. I think it was over 20 20-minute 20 segments uh, were uploaded on YouTube in, like, bad, grainy cell phone footage. And I watched all of them, and I was just immediately – I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen <laughs> Nothing Hell will yeah. ever be nothing will ever be the same. And I just told everyone about it and everyone was like, We're not watching this is a crazy thing to, to watch. Yeah. But but in college I was like, My four, my favorite film is a four hour Japanese film. And yeah, I felt like super yeah. swagged out and I showed yeah. it to my roommates and uh, they had a positive experience with it and then I didn't watch it for about four to five years, but then I watched it with two of my close friends, um, two years out of college and we also had a really good time. And so I think, I think this is my fifth time watching it in its wow. entirety. Uh, for Hell this yeah. Podcast. Um, but before I hear your reactions, I need to pee. So we're going to take a little pee break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Classic milk. All right. All right. So, yes. So that is my history with love exposure. And um, it was very funny when I was in Japan because I told uh, – um, I forget it was yeah I guess it was technically so eh, it's gonna take too long to explain everything but I had an old host family because I've been to Japan twice and I went in high school and so I was hanging out with my old host family and they were like oh where do you want to go and I was like oh let's go. I want to go to this like you know crazy record store or whatever and so because I was looking for a copy of Love Exposure and I told them oh there's this movie that I'm like trying to find and I told them the name of it and they're like what the hell like we who is this <laughs> like what is this director because I was like oh it's it's super famous because like to me it was famous because that was the corner of the internet and they're like, they like we've never heard like we like Harry right, Potter right. like what is what are you talking about <laughs> and then um and they but they were so polite and nice they tracked down this one place in Tokyo that had it but I remember so vividly when we went when we went into the shop my my old host mother was just like this is a like a fucked up movie because <laughs> she had like looked into it a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. so that was that was kind of nice to be met with some abject fear about it but um yeah I mean before I give my thoughts I'm I'm dying to hear so what you think <laughs> off, off the hip well Here's what I'll say, just in terms of my history with Shion Soto and Love Exposure. I think I talked about this last time you were on the show, Thomas. It is so insane to go to your five stars on Letterboxd. Yes. <laughs> it is a minefield <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. An example of things that exist in this liminal space of things that Thomas has given five stars to on Letterboxd. Freddy Got Fingered. (laughs) All right. Pulp Fiction. A Medea Family Funeral. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And Hashtag Horror, a movie I have never heard of in my entire life. 
and I don't actually think exists at a certain level. <laughs> so that's just some of the material <laughs> that exists in here, and Love Exposure is one of them. Yes. Love Exposure is one of the few that gets the five. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the first time I ever heard of it, and there's shit in that, <laughs> in that collection that I still have not looked into. <laughs> yeah. But that is basically when I heard of it the first time and how I heard of Shion Sono. Mm. I am not... <laughs> I am not generally a fan of whatever that movie is on the whole. Okay. The okay. sort of preferences and sort of just like... Like, the way that that movie, I guess, just leans toward things, generally not a huge fan of some of that kind of stuff. But I, it, is a, it was a very interesting watch. But before we dive in, because it's, it's not so black and white with right. for this yeah. one. Okay. But Mason, what's your history with this movie, if anything? No history with this ahead of time other than knowing that this is something that Thomas was really keen on showing us um and bringing onto the show to discuss and i uh ran my little errand saturday i wanted to get some time in the sun because i knew i would have to go into uh thomas you don't the know hole. this um <laughs> yeah but the moon the has hole. fallen <laughs> the moon has fallen um i realized that one of the uh i have started uh, i realized that one of the lights in my um lamp in my room is just a red light and so i've been going like dark room mode and just like kind of been hanging out with some red light and it's been making me feel a little insane sometimes good i it's kind of cool actually just like living like in like just like kind of shadows or whatever but it is yeah. kind of making me go like feel like a little a little kramer so i had to get and i've been spending a lot of time in my room because i've been working from home more than usual so i went out yesterday i waited until night fell and then i put on this fucking movie by the time it ended it was 10 30 and um, I was just like, well, <laughs> that happened. <Yeah. laughs> so this so happened. This happened. <laughs> no, 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 so no, no. This was a thing. Yeah. Um, I was captivated by this fucking thing just the whole time. I, I thought I that even though that's all I did with my day yesterday, I was captivated. I thought I wanted to I didn't I thought the movie had an intermission I will say so I thought there was going to be a time for me to just like have an easy out uh but my computer gave me an intermission when my bluetooth speaker died and so I had to do a do audio setup about like two hour two and a half hours into the movie um but for the that two and a half hours until that interruption I was riding that fucking coaster man I was having a good time watching it and oh brother there is a lot to talk about with this fucking movie. Um, I think that I feel a little, like, I am ready to go and lean and say it positive experience for me on this one. Um, I am eager to revisit it because what's going to what's gonna come up next time I watch this? But, man, I really just needed to take a... I, at the end of it all... If you're going to watch it, just make sure you have the time to, like, decompress from this fucking movie. Yeah. Take a breath. <laughs> Take yeah. a breath. But, um, Thomas, I'm curious. Yeah. Talk about this, experiencing this movie now. 
I think it was a very good thing to rewatch because I've also officially pretty much retired from watching films at all. I did not watch a single movie in 2021. I watched like three after the in the back half of 2020. Like I am out of the watching movies game. So to jump back into the deep end with love and was a but was a ultimately positive experience. So what I will say is that this this was always my answer for what is your favorite film? My favorite film is Love Exposure. After rewatching it, I can say with all certainty that my favorite film is Nacho Libre. But okay, nice, nice. But <laughs> but the, the, it did reaffirm that this will always be my legacy favorite movie. So much like I tell people, "What's your favorite album?" I say, "Well, it's a thousand gecks." But my legacy favorite album is "Hello Sadness" by Los Campesinos. It's kind of like that thing where it's like, even if it doesn't mean as much to me or strike me the same way as it did when I first like fell in love with it, it hits enough of those same notes that it just like reminds you it's always going to be a it's always going to be a part of me and always going to be something that can speak to me mm-hmm. on some level and re-watching it just kind of being an old like being you know much closer to 30 <laughs> than 20 it it, yeah. it struck me in different ways and i guess kind of what what i realized was that this is not a perfect film this is a a hot mess of a of a film and in many regards but there is just it is I think we hopefully we can all agree it is one of the most singular when things I, ever yeah. created. Like the yeah. the I the mind that can write this is just a mind that is on a different level. Like just there is there is fundamentally so much happening at all times. <laughs> and yes. and you know this and I was what struck me most, and this is going to make Noah lose his goddamn mind, there is something Family Guy about this in the in the refusal to not shove something else in or throw something else at you. Whereas Family Guy's humor mechanism is always like, oh, a quick cutaway joke. This is just never going to shy away from a chance to just like hit you with an aside or like back up. Like there's just so many random moments that like take a brief diversion before snapping back into it. But there's like but all of those random moments have just their own richness. The The chief example of this for me is that there's just this illogical, nonsensical cutaway to like a school shooting that then like does this right. weird like thing about like seeing like flying bullets that signify death. And it's just and they fully commit to that for like a minute and then gone, never comes up again. And I was like, oh, that's family. Guy. <laughs> all right. That gets snaps, my friend. That gets snaps. Actually, you know what? Not only does that get snaps, that gets three hours of farting. Let's just get a quick fart in for that. <laughs> That's a three hours of farting yeah. right there. But, I like um, that, Thomas. But yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's not perfect. And um, the five-star rating for me on Letterboxd is just films that mean something to me in my life, which it brings even more questions as to why, what films I've given that. So this is a five-star for me because it's like I can't look at it objectively because of how much it meant to me when I was younger Absolutely. and it, it was also just like what I didn't realize. Cause like I, I haven't like created anything in a while, but like my early, what like they, in film school, they make you do some like films, but it's like, I just realized like what an artistic impact this happened on me for the time that I was creating. And even with my screenplays throughout college, it's just like, it did have, it's a very similar energy that just really imprinted on me is just this zany, um, zany, slightly surreal, just like always taking the chance to throw in a weird niche joke or something like that and i was like oh 
I get me now more watching this and and but and no but it's true it's like this set such a psychic blueprint for me because it's like i love maximalism and i love things that just do the fucking most and i'm like perhaps that is because <laughs> love exposure put me on that path um so i was happy that i still liked it i was also it was sort of nice to have segments of it where I was like, hey, like this, okay, like this isn't the best, you know, <laughs> but yeah. So it was a very positive rewatch for me on many levels. I would still recommend it if for no other reason that you are truly never going to see anything like this in the rest of your life. <laughs> Mason, before you and I get into sort of our experiences and thoughts on the movie, I do want to ask Thomas, since he is the most expert person about the film in the chat, how would you describe this movie to someone who asks you, what's this movie about? Okay, so what I say is that it's about it's about a boy whose his father is a Catholic priest and his father becomes depressed after his girlfriend leaves him and becomes obsessed with and just becomes really strict and religious. And the only way to talk to his father is through confessionals. But his dad can tell that he's lying if he makes up something he did that's bad to say in confessional. So he actually has to start committing sins and he joins a gang of Tokyo perverts in order to sin. And that's my elevator pitch. And that does... That covers the first hour of the film. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's, but yeah. that's not even really getting into, get into that's not even getting into his quest for Maria, the 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 love of his life, who he yeah. has to introduce so, so to his Yeah. Let let's let's try to expand it, because I guess we haven't really talked about some of the uh, the idiosyncrasies of the plot. So <laughs> yeah. we have what I, what I said. But the way that he chooses to sin is specifically through Tosatsu, which is upskirt photography. <laughs> so yep. the yep. first hour of this film is, I still think, the first 56 minutes of this actually were close to like an objective five for me. That is just such an electric first hour. I just think it's so Agreed funny out. and so out of control. And just, you can tell they're just having so much fucking fun. And so it's like, okay, obviously is upskirt photography problematic. Duh, of course it is. But it's just like, he, he handles it in such an, a colorful and cartoon yeah. way of just like full on like ninja segments and like, just like, yeah, it makes like him throwing... look like a goober. Yeah. They're, and yeah, it's like, it's so obviously lame and like not really horny or anything, but it, it, it um, so he, he chooses, um, to sin through. That's what he, that's what he chooses as the a means to talk to his father, yeah. which is wild. Yes. Yeah. Through, through the, the course of that, he gets on the radar of the leader of a cult church who becomes interested in him because of his obsession with original sin. While So Hermit, this leader, is just obsessed with him and kind of, like, loves him and hates him and obviously wants to destroy him and fuck him and, you know, everything the crazy villain wants to do to protagonist. But then, through all that, through his, his quest of upskirt photography, he, he sets upon this idea that um, he's going to... F <laughs> the way... Because he's... he's, he's okay, oh, there's literally so much. He's never had an erection, and that's because he believes that it's only because he can have an erection for his one true love. So through Upskirt Photography, he is trying to find his one true love. When he finds his one true love, <laughs> he happens to be dressed as a woman because he lost a bet <laughs> related to the Upskirt Photography. The woman yeah. he loves falls in love with him as a woman, so then it becomes a Twelfth Night <laughs> 
in high school drama where he's because then she moves in with him. Then, then she this is all in, true. This is all true. This is all true. She she moves in with him because the priest stops being so crazy and strict because he mayor effectively dates her stepmom so they're living together who was the woman that left him in the beginning in the beginning she yoko his love interest hates you but she loves sasori-san which was his persona when he met her so so that's a whole part of it then the leader of the church uh, koike aya goes to their high school and tells Yoko that she's who he was dressed as. So they fall in love, and then Yoko joins the cult church, and then Yu has to save them from the cult, and then he becomes a prisoner of the cult, and then Yoko is de-radicalized and saves him, and that's love. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Is everyone following along? Um, (laughs) You did a great job of succinctly saying, like, literally what happens on screen. And it still doesn't cover what the fuck this shit is, yeah. and that's the cr- and that is love exposure in a nutshell. Yeah, to me. Yeah, um, yeah. But what I, uh... I know, I know. You talked about the maximalism of it, but what is it about the film that really gets your blood pumping and really just makes you be like, yes, this is why this is my legacy favorite film? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's just such a propelling energy and it's just this unwillingness to compromise for the audience to compromise for the actors like this is a film that is essentially shoved down your throat and shoveled into your eyeballs and it's just so singular and just so unwilling to be anything other than what Shion Sono wants it to be it makes no it's almost somewhat inconsiderate to the audience in some ways on many levels but it's just like agreed Yes. It's just like, but but it it does. I don't know. It's it's not malicious. It's not cynical. It's just something really fucked up and weird. <laughs> but it's but it but there. So 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 also watching it this time, there are so many themes dealt with. And whereas before in high school, it was kind of just like, oh, this is just like the wildest interpretation of like a melodramatic love story you could possibly deal with. This time, I realized that it does have much more depth than its zany premise would suggest because it really is about kind of how like toxicity and how yeah. and love and you know the way that love can be misinterpreted and passion can be misinterpreted to set you down just like truly insane paths obviously and like obviously that ties in with the heavy religious themes throughout and it's also a commentary on how you know religion is such a toxic relationship is what she owns sure was oh, yeah. mm. so that's more what like the ending yeah. to me the ending to me was not a happy one during this watch because this time it was like oh these are two protagonists that are like deeply fucked up ruined people that have been like completely destroyed essentially by by the narrative of this film so it doesn't feel Oh, I guess I'm doing spoilers, but whatever. I mean, you, you, you already know whether or not you're going to yeah. watch it based on what we talked about. It doesn't feel good that they get together at the end, whereas in high school it was like, hell yeah, I can't believe that he somehow made them get together at the end, you know? <laughs> that's an interesting That's an interesting look at the ending that I don't necessarily think I 
I don't know if I 100% agree with that view of them getting together, but Mason, <laughs> my little friend, my little man who I've done over 100 episodes of this podcast with and wish that I was giving you an Eskimo kiss right my now to warm you up. Man. My special little boy. What do you think of Love Exposure by Sion Soto? My man. This movie gives you a lot. <laughs> I Absolutely. Um I don't literally do not know where to begin with <laughs> with this movie. Neither do I. Genuinely uh, neither gotta, do you I. Got to jump in. Here's here's uh I'm just going to start with Thomas's point. I I uh, think that that's a very interesting read on the ending too. Just because when I finished that movie, all I wanted was for them to just, like, be back together. I love how abrupt that last shot is, where it's just her, them grabbing their hand, and then it just says, love exposure. Um, Because at the end of that whole movie, I was just like, thank God these two crazy (laughs) kids got back together. I think it's also worth noting that this is a movie fundamentally about like the foolhardiness and the of like young love specifically like the the protagonists here are like 17 18 i think um and it has that kind of really uh youthful propulsive energy in response to that and also just how heightened that time in your life feels and how everything in your life feels like a huge fucking episode that felt very real and so i think that like um what i the point that i'm talking myself to right now is i really 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 admire that movie for its commitment to that like just really giving you a a giving you a character at the beginning a literal child and then kind of just watching that child that kid's life until he's 18 years old blossom in front of you yeah he fucks and around and finds out he <laughs> fucks around and finds out and he fucks around and finds love question mark i don't know i do like that this is a this if you wanted to watch this is a four hour long movie too i think the point that like paul thomas anderson is making in a lot of his more recent movies just to like kind of really uh be make the maybe most strident point. I, I don't know if strident's the word I'm looking for, but like this is a fundamentally a people, uh, uh, being in love makes you feel fucked up kind of thing. Um, and that is one of my favorite kind of just movies or stories or, or albums, I guess. I don't know if I've ever felt that way in particular or had like this kind of insane adventure, but man, being in love just does get you fucked up in some kind of way. And after four hours of love exposure, I felt fucked up in some kind of way. Um, yeah. Absolutely. There, I think it sets moment, up for what it's... I, 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 count, I yeah. counted the minute mark. There's a moment where you is breaking down laughing kind of at the nadir of his journey. And it's at the three hour and 35 minute mark. And if at that yes. moment it then became the Joker, I would change the rating scale. I would make sure that we could give 20 stars on Letterboxd.com. <laughs> <laughs> hour and 35 minute joker origin story that then just became the joker movie todd phillips the joker yeah. <laughs> quite literally joaquin's like all right tagging you out yeah, bitch tagging you <laughs> out. i love you bitch and i ain't never gonna stop loving you bitch yeah. <laughs> get in here yeah 
what Mason did you want to did you want to tie a bow on that or or was that it? Man, I I just it this is it is just such a specific movie. It's hard for me to form words and communicate what it was like to watch it. I'm trying my fucking best, but it just really does uh it takes it does a, a lot out of you. you. <laughs> it does do a number on you. Here's what I will say then. It is four hours long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah. what I—that is a fact. You can't, you, you, you can't, can't dance around. You can't around get that. around that part of it. <laughs> it is four hours long. Yeah. And just on a purely—and again, I like that you say that these five stars you can't rate objectively. I'm going to go one step further and say you can't rate anything objectively. That's I'll okay. go for oh, that as all well. Right, whatever. All right. <laughs> I'll go for that. But I live in this apartment. <laughs> And the people who live below me, if I turn my volume up one notch too loud, they call the apartment manager and tell me to turn it down. Oh, boy. So I have to listen at a cap. I cannot listen to anything through my sound system louder than a certain level. And for some reason, the Apple TV rental of love exposure is a little quiet i will say so i turned it up i said fuck it i'm turning it up and five minutes into the movie i get a call from my apartment manager and they say some people are complaining that you're a little loud in there yeah and i'm like oh i had no idea i'm sorry let me fix that and i fixed it so this is an endurance test if i would genuinely say Seek this out in a theater for your first time if you're going to watch this, if that sure. is an option to you. Like it technically is to me at the end of the month, and I will not be going to that screen <laughs> again to watch that movie for the second time in a month. That's just some context for how I'm viewing this film. But I will say this. Like Mason, I don't really know how to feel about this movie ultimately. Truthfully, I don't. But here's what I can say with certainty. I think that the core of this film, what it is ultimately really about, is pretty beautiful. At the end of the day, there are some really beautiful sentiments and ideas being explored in this movie. And I'm not always the biggest fan of how we are getting there. And that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. But I really do, especially when you were talking about it, Thomas, and I was reflecting on watching the film, I was like, yeah, that was cool. That was nice to think back about you and to really track his journey from the very beginning to the very end. I think at the moment, this gets filed under appreciate and respect but don't necessarily love. I don't dislike it, but I'm not fully on board with love exposure yet. Mm -hmm. But because of the nature of the film, how it is presented, how long it is, I could easily see that changing over time. Mm -hmm. Just genuine. I could easily see that change. And I know that's basically me just saying I have nothing to say about this movie ultimately, but that is what I have to say about this movie. And... I was really worried that this was going to be like a bleak darkness fest. That's what no, I thought the movie it, was going to be. It's so funny. And that <laughs> is ultimately why, I, like that is also kind of the, what 
appealed to me was it, it it's very fun like it is actually very dark like there's a lot of really upsetting that's things true explored here but it's handled in such a that's weird, exactly it. a weird like light-hearted manner where it's just like but it doesn't feel cynical and that's the that is the kind of the unique thing about it is that it doesn't feel like it's being like a wink wink edgelord like oh this is dark but we're gonna Absolutely. treat it lightly it just feels like that's how he it decided is. to show that like one of the yeah. most upsetting segments is the backstory of the villain which it's yeah, hard to watch terrible. it's hard yeah. to watch but there's this surf rock riff happening through all of it that just like it's it's I don't know it just like recontextualizes what's happening to be like part of this like just madcap surreal out of control experience you know what I mean I can't not think of an opening of Family Guy with Peter and Brian sitting on the couch and they're watching Love Exposure yeah. now yeah, yeah, and, Bri- but- and Brian and Brian sort of like this is actually pretty good and Peter's like this is kind of like the time I went to Japan or something like that. <laughs> Would love that for love Seth to go there. But, but there, there are so many just genuinely funny moments in this. Like the first time you meets his uh, ragtag group of like friends, they're oh, like, the gang. they're, they're yes. beating the, uh, the vending machine, the vending machine just, like rushes yeah. in out of nowhere and like shoves in. There's this moment where they're all like, look at each other and like shrug. <laughs> and just all start, like, beating the <laughs> Yeah. And the yeah. one that made me laugh out loud, cackle like a witch, was when they meet the master pervert guy that's telling them about oh, yes. uh, the photography. And then master he Lloyd. In his book and it's just called All of My Sorrow. <laughs> and for some reason, that just made me laugh so hard that that's what his book is about. This, you know, this extra <laughs> photography is called All of My Sorrow. There's the big pickup, pe- there's big Pua culture emanating from this movie yeah. in those scenes. Just big, yeah. like Neil, Neil Strauss the game type shit yeah and then the other the other part that makes me laugh and it's so funny because it also becomes a plot point is so again this all just sounds so insane to talk about but towards the end of the film i would say the late second act you becomes employed with a porn company and they make him do this thing where he acts as like a priest to like let that's one of my favorite parts of the confess their sins and it's just this constant string of people telling him their kinks and him being like you're forgiven it's okay which actually is kind of it wraps around it's kind of nice. nice message but this yeah. one guy's just like i have a bomb and i'm going to explode <laughs> it and he's just like wait what <laughs> like, just, just, it's just like so funny i don't know that that <laughs> oh, sequence is genuinely his, his, so his, nice. i think his exact words were like we'll circle back to that or something <laughs> of that nature that's that sequence is like that might be my favorite part of the whole movie to be honest with you, because in a lot of ways, that part gets at what to me is most compelling about the movie is the mistreatment from the father, how it affects the son and how the son takes that and tries to do good in the world mm-hmm. in this really weird and sort of scrambled up way. And to yeah. me, that is a very beautiful moment in the film, like genuinely touching and genuinely like, wow, that's like very profound. I feel that like resonate throughout my body. It was one of the few times that happened. And then the other time that happened for me is the scene on the beach where she's like screaming Corinthians yes. at him. That's, that's probably a my really favorite interesting in moment. And in the movie, it's really, I mean, if you want to talk about the singularness of that movie, that's never going to happen to ever have, again to, in the movie. In the same film where there is a like a, a montage of them essentially doing like, nunchuck foo to get upskirt photography photos to also have just a very 
genuine philosophical debate about love in the context of Corinthians is just, is, you know. It's mind-blowing. It sounds it like we're making it up, but it's all right there. The it's film. all real. And you're going to be seeing it this Sunday on Fox yeah. <laughs> with Peter Stewie and the gang. Any, I mean, listen, I got no real final thoughts other than, like, I'm glad I watched it ultimately. There was a point prior to this episode where I didn't know if I was glad I sat down and watched it, but ultimately I am glad I watched it. If you can see it in the, on the big screen, obviously that is the ideal setting to view, especially this movie in, um, Mm -hmm. but it is singular. And I think I'm kind of in that camp right now where I really appreciate where we're at, but I don't know if I can be like, this is a new all time fave or Mm. I like even highly recommend it. Like, I can't highly recommend this. I have to, I have to give this a conditional recommend based on kind of where we're at in terms of how things are done. I, I think I would no. Well, I mean that that's fine, and you're not wrong. <laughs> I guess I I would recommend it though because I just feel like there are certain things that are just so striking and so of their own that it's just sure. worth seeking out, even even if you see it and hate it, you. You will never see another film like this. So that's I think a good that point. is that is worth recommending. We should that's, also, you know, that's yeah, mention that this film is like shot on early two thousands digital and just oh, true. looks crazy too. Oh, like I love, I, I so, love how this movie just like looks at it's yeah. um uh just the, the weird like kind of the like is like in the church the video look yeah like in the church the stained glass um and uh, like. It, yeah, I don't. I I'm not smart enough to go in depth into like what that specific look is, but it it looks fucking insane. It's one of my favorite like looking movies that I've seen in a minute. I think just because well, of that weird digitalness there. Well, I think that the way it, so it was interesting because watching it, I was like, oh, this is kind of like a very tech like on a technical level. It is not that I guess traditionally impressive, but actually the way it's filmed is so frenetic, and there is this weird naturalism to the camera move and how it tracks with these people and it, that kind of juxtaposes with how surreal the narrative is but it's it's interesting mm. because shion sono had his start in like essentially like performance art troops in tokyo and that totally carries through with the way in which he films because it's just like so just like fluid and like you know kind of like a like chaotic yeah. and i think that 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 kind of does high you know highlight the effect of the film it, he constructs, yeah, like he constructs scenes in such a fascinating way, um, where it just felt totally nat. Like I was, it t- felt totally natural that a gang of guys would just come up, uh, stop a girl in her tracks. She would like start to pray. Someone would be behind her and throw a veil over her. I was like, yeah, that just happens. That that's makes cool. Sense. I like that that happens. That makes sense. And that's how you feel throughout this entire uh, movie. And there is some, uh, yeah, but I, I guess that's my final thought is this movie is something the fuck else. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> that's my final thought is uh, it's, it's a little cor- weird. It's pretty corked up. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, it's a religious drama. It's a 12th night cross-dressing melodrama. It's yeah. for one weird part, kind of a horror film. It or like an exploitation film with the villain's backstory. It's a 
action flick. There are some genuinely impressive yes. fight choreography. It's a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a drama. It's just like it's it's got everything. There's splatter. <laughs> there's such cool splatter gore in it too. It's very bloody. And and I guess I guess the the one the one not comedy. The one thing I would say is like if if you are put off by the very heavy early broadcasting of the upskirt photography angle that trust us when we say that's not really what what this film is about no it gets you in it's a very bizarre way to kick off the themes that he explores but i think that without just there's no one who does it quite like shion sono and i think without that kind of weird kick in the effects wouldn't land because it's it is all part of the composite whole in my opinion (laughs) and another thing that kind of on that slightly different but same idea this movie for what it ultimately is i don't know if it could be any shorter and still be coherent you know what i mean no well you want to hear something insane and so this is this is all from half remembered wikipedia articles from forever ago but I believe it is fact that this was originally six hours. That is true. Finally, someone said, I don't know about that. And apparently, (laughs) apparently, apparently he was pissed and ended the movie when he did as kind of a fuck you. That's like the sole instance of fuck you, because finally they we have this big reunion. It's just like a freeze frame on a hand grab and then it's done. And apparently that was because he was upset that they made him cut it down to six hours. And he's, he's really upset. He's like, he said he'll never release the six-hour version. Damn. He's goaded, though, for that, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. That is a goaded move. He is truly goaded, quirked up with goad with the sauce. All right, let's do some fast facts and wrap this sucker up. Love Exposure 2008 Japanese art house comedy drama written and directed by Shion Sono. The film gained a considerable amount of notoriety in film festivals around the world with its four-hour runtime and themes including love, family, lust, religion, and the crime of upskirt photography. The first version of the film, like Thomas just said, was originally six hours long but was trimmed at the request of the producers. Love Exposure received major influence from Seijun Suzuki Fighting Elegy. Are you guys at all Seijun Suzuki fans? I love Seijun Suzuki. The film Branded to Kill, I watched that in college. Unlike, again, unlike anything I've ever seen. You know, that is is some truly wild shit. And apparently the urban legend around that one is he edited the film in one day as well, which Mm. is insane that's that's a good that's that's swag that's a swag (laughs) that and that's a swag (laughs) and that's a swag um both stories deal with catholic backgrounds friends commending him for breaking school rules freedom with sinning falling in love with a girl he shares a house with seeing girl as his virgin (laughs) mary and his girl leaving him to join a covent or a convent excuse me the voyeur phone photo team meets for the first time in front of Hachiko statue, which yep. was a Japanese Akita dog well-remembered as Shuken Hachiko, I believe, for his yep. remarkable loyalty to his owner for whom he continued to wait at Shibuya Station for over nine years following his death in March of 1935. That story is obviously depicted in Hachi, a dog's tale in 2009. But we love a Hachi reference. We love, we a, love Hachi a Hachi Easter Hachi. egg. Very cute, very Hachi. cute statue. Yeah, we gathered there when as I studied abroad before we went out to the clubs. <laughs> that is so nice. Yeah. That is the meeting point. Gather in front of the big dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The nice puppy. The big dog's gathering in front of the big dog. Here's a not-so-fun fact. 
Film director Max Landis considers this film oh, to be no. the greatest film ever oh, made. Okay, that's a little uh, yikey. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, that is big yikey. Because, because in, in the wrong hands, this film could be genuinely evil. I do yes. think that this is only as endearing as it is because Shion Sono made it. If Max Landis made it, this would be an evil fart, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. This would be unwatchable if Max yeah. Landis had his little grubby hands on it. That guy yeah. can not make this movie, as far as I'm concerned, and do some other not good shit. Shion Sono was born on December 18th, 1961, and is a filmmaker, author, and poet. He has been called, quote, the most subversive filmmaker working in Japanese cinema today, which almost feels like a, just an understatement of the year, to be honest with you, but mm. that's what they say about him. Uh, at age 17, he ran away from home and joined a cult. There you go. Sono started his career working as a poet before taking his first steps into film directing, making a series of shorts as a student. In 1990, he moved to San Francisco and was admitted to UC Berkeley. However, he never attended class, learned English, and instead spent his free time watching porn and B-movies. That is yep. a fact that exists out in the and, and greater world. And that and that's a swag. We get a, well, so actually, we a super interesting. I haven't seen it, but um, it's interesting you said that because so. And this this I'm pushing up my old Japanese film nerd glasses. There was Let's a style. There was a style of uh, softcore pornography released in somewhat mainstream capacities in Japan, uh, known as Aero films, uh, ERO like erogenous, um, in the 70s and whatnot. And it, it they have like a whole. They're called like pink cinema. They have this whole study about them. But um, there, in I believe it was in 2018, one of the major Japanese studios let four filmmakers essentially make an, a pink film, and wow. uh, Shion Sono was mm. one of them. So he actually of got course. to make a softcore porn, like like presumably like he was watching. So <laughs> the other was Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> yeah, the other was Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah, yeah. but um, I thought that was uh, that's uh, that was interesting. That you, you know, know who the other so was? that makes sense. That tracks. Who? What? Mason McGuire. Yep, they let they, they let Mason get in there and make some porn. Yeah, not uncommon for what he does outside of the class or outside of this podcast. We should yeah. say. Uh, Mike Hale of the New York Times argues that Sono is quote the most recognizable, if not most universally celebrated director in Japan, which Sono ex himself explains by stating, in Hale's words, that Japanese critics generally. Uh, reserve their approval for work that doesn't embarrass the nation. The director has said, I do think an international audience understands my work more. And so. that that is the with any filmmaker that I found that seems to be the resounding qualities that the Japanese people are like, I don't know if this guy's got the one that we want to be showing people. But um, yeah. especially with the, with the very comparable to Kashi Mike's career in that regard, where Almost unknown in Japan, but huge international following. Have you ever seen Gozu, Thomas? Yes, yes, I have seen Gozu, yeah. I need to rewatch that, that, honestly. Watch that in high school with my weird-ass friend who yep. also was into Takashi Miike. Don't remember a single thing about it except for horse head and horse drool. A lot going on in that movie. A lot, of, horses. a lot of breast milk in that film as well. Um, True. <laughs> but whereas, uh, whereas Takashi Miike seems like his uh his thing is uh is breast milk which happens in a lot of his films uh shion sono's thing seems to be catholic catholicism <laughs> <laughs> oh no teach their own on that one but um, um but, yeah. that's my last fast fact i'm going to give my mercedes valuable character to or excuse me my mercedes valuable player to the character of you that's who i'm going to give it to because his journey is so you get that he's our in he's our protagonist and everything explored is explored through him. 
and I, ju- I think the actor does a great job handling it all, to be honest. That's, that must have been an extremely difficult performance to have to juggle that many things. Um, and otherwise, I don't know what the fuck to give it to, so i got to give it to... got to stake it, stick, ground you, it in Honda. something. Honda and you. give it to you. Give it to you. Uh, and I, Thomas, I'm going to go with what you said when I said I'd give this a conditional recommend. I, I, I like what you said. I would give this a recommend. Would I give what I recommend it to every single person that I know in my life? Probably not. No. But <laughs> yeah. what you said about it being truly singular, yeah. It's if you are into movies, this is one you that you gotta watch see, at one time. See this one, yeah. Yes, at least one time in your life. Uh, Mason, Mercedes Valuable Player, and recommend. Uh, I'm gonna give mine to the aforementioned first or First Corinthians chapter thirteen uh, scene, uh, where the movie just kind of slows down and. Um, uh, it's when the movie kind of tells you what it's after. It happens kind of late into the movie. Um, but because it's like that, it's just a really, uh, I think breathless kind of scene there. Um, and really, uh, was after about three hours of movie. Um, I don't know. It, it, it really affected me that particular scene. And also that Bible verse I really like, I suppose is what it comes down to. Um, I am also going to recommend this with the caveat that um, you will know if you have the time for this based on this discussion. I feel this is another one where it's a very specific kind of experience, so it has to have a very specific kind of recommendation. I feel I really got a lot out of the experience. It was unlike anything else I've watched for this show or just at all in general recently, so it's it's singular um, but be warned, this movie is going to uh, give you a lot right away. <laughs> yeah. Thomas, Mercedes Valuable Player, and do you recommend Love Exposure? I've seen it a lot, so my Mercedes Valuable Player this time is actually a minor character, Tag Yuji, whose thing is uh, stealing uh, brand, brand name items from stores because one of my favorite yeah, moments on this watch he rocks. was when was when you is really sad and he's crying on the street and tag Yuji comes and gives him a, a stolen shirt and it says 50% off. And he says, this will make you 50% less sad. And for some reason I thought that That's was nice. really sweet. <laughs> so yeah, it I'm, is awesome. I'm going to give is my such Mercedes nice valuable player to tag Yuji. <laughs> and do you recommend love exposure? I do. I do recommend love exposure. And like I said at the top, this was a very, I think healthy rewatch for me because it showed, you know, I was like, oh, this film is not perfect. And in fact, it was insane to me that I would just recommend this to girls that I liked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That is insane. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So, but, um, you know, I do. It was nice to come to it as an adult and realize just like, you know, see its complexity and see how contradictory many of much of it is and see the parts that make you uncomfortable and see what parts you're really down for. And I just think that all of that came together to make me feel a very fundamentally human outing with it. And I think that maybe it will make you feel the same way. You're really going to think about some things. <laughs> Absolutely. You're, you're not going to not come away with this with some thoughts. Uh, yeah. I guess that's really where my conditional part of my recommend came from originally. Cause I was just like, yeah, I mean this. Is not I don't I don't know. I just don't know about about this one yet. But it's simmering with me. It's stewing, and for that, we have no choice but to give it. Thomas, 
It's your last appearance on a podcast ever. (laughs) So congrats. So congrats for that. Congrats to Marissa H. for actually making this show possible once again. Yes. uh, Her coming in clutch. Marissa H. who literally, yeah, I'm using her computer and everything. So literally would not have happened without her. So shout out to Marissa H. Shout out to Marissa H. And shout out you, Thomas, for truly for fitting us in. I know you are a busy man. And we are so. I've been looking forward to having you back. Basically, since the last time you were on the show, thank you. Uh, so it's really it's it's huge that we were able to get you in my yeah. book, at least. To be honest, no, no, thank you. I I know my schedule is insane, and uh, I am I am amazed and also honored that we we consumed seven hours of media for this podcast. Um, <laughs> and no, but but this is a this is a joy, and it was always such a pleasure being on this podcast. And uh, I I I have to say that. Um, if I may, if I may, if we're doing our, you know, our farewell tour, essentially, if it's on the list, I would say that and this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment, but I do mean this genuinely. Even if this was a podcast I didn't always listen to, I was all <laughs> I was always happy it existed, which is genuinely true, because I think you guys are great Thanks, uh, conversationalists and have some great taste. And uh, it's nice that you meet people where they are with whatever they bring to the table and try to give it an honest shot. So it was nice that this existed while it did, and I hope you both enjoy it ending. <laughs> <laughs> and I will see Mason in hell <laughs> for yeah. one last duel uh, yeah, of the yeah, fates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a Shion Sono film called Why Don't You Go Play in Hell? So there you go. <laughs> that's what I'm going to be. That's what Mason, yeah. I'm going to say yeah. to Mason when I see him at the gate. What, what, if it's St. Peter's Gates in Heaven, what is it in hell? What are the gates of hell? Oh, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> the Peter Griffin Gates. <laughs> I was about to say I was like, but I was Peter Griffin or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're done actually. So Thomas, what do you think you want to plug before before we get the fuck out of here? I mean, I'm. Yeah, I don't have much to plug these days anymore. Um, I'll just plug. You know, just come come to New, if you come to New York, pop into Barney Greengrass, some good ass food. Um, bring cash. They bring cash. Um, and <laughs> you can follow me on socials if you want 100 underscore chefs uh, I'm very busy these days so I don't cook as much as I used to but I do still throw up some tasty treats here and there and um, yeah I hope you guys even if you don't want to check out Love Exposure I do hope everyone listens to Charmed by DJ Sabrina the Teenage DJ because pretty impossible to dislike that <laughs> yeah that's a pretty mm-hmm. fucking great time you're just going to have an amazing time you can email us, as Mason said at the top of the show. Everybody wants to, the number two, get on the list at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at it's on the list pod and at it's on underscore the list. You can follow me on there as well. You should not, so I'm not even going to give you a chance to figure out what that is, but I'm sure it won't be too hard to figure out. You can also listen to my other show, which is currently on hiatus, my favorite podcast, a podcast about people's favorite things. Since he's here, you got to plug the Thomas episodes of my favorite podcast. (laughs) One of, yes, one of the greatest episodes of any podcast, the My Favorite (laughs) Podcast, Norm's Diner. Well, not only that. No, sorry. No, no, you, you, please. I was just going to say, not only that episode, but he had a great follow-up episode that was a completely different tenor and tone than the Norm's Diner episode, which I think is a great episode as well, where we discuss Blink-182's Dude Ranch and particularly do a deep dive on the lyrics uh, of that album. And that was a great episode as well. That was the end of Fuck You, It's June when I was about to go on my trip and trying to backlog an entire month. And that was the last episode we recorded. And we almost didn't happen. (laughs) Similarly, this episode almost didn't happen again. Um, So go listen to those. And those are episodes 14 and 55, respectively. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was re-listening to the Norms one today, and uh, yeah, we 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 were we we had the sauce in that one, much like the Argex <laughs> episode just has a certain a certain special sauce. So it yeah. it is. I'm proud of that episode. <laughs> I'm proud that that is documented somewhere. There's yeah. waveforms committed to that. Uh, and everything now shows back as well. This won't be out by the time to check out the seventh, uh, the episode on it, February seventh. But check out me on episode whatever uh, on February fourteenth, Valentine's Day. I'll be performing with the folks over at Everything Now, and you can watch that show at Twitch.tv/Everything Now Show. I believe twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays at eight PM Pacific time. That's all I got. Mason, bring us home. You can buy a shirt at my Teespring store, mason-merchguire.creator-spring.com. That is linked on my Twitter and Instagram, where I am under both at both as the name Hot Dog DeBicky. You can find me on the streets of Chicago, going to the movies, trying to get a snack in the snow, uh, just trying to keep warm and not go crazy in my room. Cabin feet, trying to beat back cabin fever, folks. Um, so if you see me, say hi. <laughs> um, That's a great uh, way to beat cabin fever is having a red light in your room that you can turn on. You. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but folks, uh, as we say at the end of every show, tell someone you love them this week. Do something that you love this week. Also, I'm on the bar in a podcast about the shield, and we will see you all next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Ready. Welcome. shitting you take your balls to work i take my ass and when you're out of piss i've still got gas